Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 9 Rankings Debate Position by Position PPR Scoring with Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com. He'll join here in a second. However, I do want to say that this is pre-trade deadline, at least the expiration of the trade deadlines. We have a few moves in so far. I don't expect anything huge to happen. But now that I've said that, something huge is most definitely going to happen. So Friday show will be a recap of all that and how it pertains to fantasy lineups, but we can only go with the information that we have. The rankings are in the description of this video and podcast, and they will be updated for all of the trades. So if you just want to hear us talk about all the different scenarios, you'll have to tune in Friday again to see how everything goes. But for now, if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button to the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And whether he's traded or whether he's not traded, what would be the number one scenario for Le'Veon Bell? Which team would be the best for his fantasy performance moving forward? I mean, he's probably not going to get traded, but if he does, where would be the optimal location where you think he would score the most fantasy points for the remainder of the season? Also, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. While you're there, download an episode or... 800 or however many are up there then leave a five-star review DraftKings handle something nice about the show you'll be in a draw for 20 dk dollars frankly folks it's all that easy plus i was talking to my guy uh, adam levitan he and adam silva have a site called establish the run.com uh, great info live chats everything up there and if you want to get 20 percent off at establish the run.com highly recommended i myself am a subscriber that you just use the promo code mayo 20 at checkout and get yourself 20 percent off it's that easy establish the run.com all right let's bring him in we got uh, no breaking news as of yet and i frankly it doesn't seem like jake seeley is actually around but from theathletic.com scooby-doo how are you i'm good <laughs> i can't even do the voice i sound like grover trying to do the voice although i really want to see levy on bell get traded just so can you bring on Andercus to get triggered if that happens well we're filming the Andercus show right after this so that it will actually happen after the trade deadline so hopefully he gets traded or jamal adams gets traded or someone ends up getting traded he's already out on levy on bell he's already disowned him so it's gonna be funny when he doesn't get traded and then he has to like rewind the tape a little bit like oh no he was great all along Oh, of course. Of course. I can't, I can't do the voice. I really can't. <laughs> I can do Grover, apparently, which, by the way, did you know Grover and Miss Piggy are the same person? I did not know that. Yes. Same voice actor. I heard the commercial while I was working in the background. I was like, that actually sounds like Grover. And it was Miss Piggy. And then I looked it up and it's the same. It is really hot in here. I could probably see that. My wife does a good Miss Piggy impression. She just gives a quick hi-yo! like that so she does also a good grover impression apparently i guess so i grew up with a guy who until he like his voice didn't change until we were like 21 for whatever reason like he had a ton of ton of facial hair but the voice crack from puberty didn't happen and he sounded like scooby-doo the entire time you should do you see you should just do the entire show by yourself and i'll go like this like i'm talking and you do the voice and then i don't even have to do anything well, I mean, while you're wearing that costume, I guess you can solve the mystery of the rankings and who should be ranked higher. <laughs> that is true. Happy Halloween. It's a freaking hot. Happy Halloween. I'm taking this off. Yeah, you take it off. All right. I oh, want my to- God. <laughs> Listen, it gets sweaty in there. I mean, is that so that's the costume that you're going with for the actual Halloween day? Uh, yeah, I don't dress up. Well, let me get my microphone back. I don't dress up much. Besides, I wore the shirt for you. Look to the cookie for Seinfeld. I wore that for you. But yeah, the, the year before when I was Batman, I just wore the Batman mask with a Batman T-shirt. I didn't do the full. The last time I did a full dress up just because it was so easy, especially with my hair. 
was, no, I was about to say it was the Matrix, but I did one after that. I actually let my facial hair grow out and then I shaved in the right spot and I was Wolverine. I, spi- I grew my hair out and spiked it a little bit. Wow. I totally forgot like Halloween was happening. So I probably just reused <laughs> the same costume that I have last year, which is just my aunt's fur coat and a Jamiroquai hat. <laughs> I, re- I remember when you posted that. That is actually a really good costume. I'm doing it again. So on the spread pick show, I'll probably be dressed like that. Anyway, let's talk about waiver wire very briefly. Nothing too much change except for number one in my running back power rankings for pickups this week. James Conner got hurt. No word yet on how long he's going to be out for, but Benny Snell also got hurt in that game. And let me tell you this, it's not Trey Edmonds who's the number one pickup of the week. It has to be Jalen Samuels, right? It does, but that's speculation in the fact that like, the initial report today even is that he didn't practice, but that Connor doesn't need to practice and there's still a chance he could be fine for week nine. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go blow my entire budget on it because I was reading Pro Football Doc and I was checking out Dr. Jesse Morris at the Fantasy Doctors. And depending on how severe this AC joint sprain is in his shoulder, it could be a one-week injury, it could be a four-week injury, but it does look like he dodged the massive bullet as it pertained, like breaking his collarbone because there was people tweeting. I was like, oh, they said clavicle on the sidelines, therefore he'll <laughs> never play again. It's like, all right, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Whether he plays or whether he doesn't play, he probably should have been owned as a handcuff if you had James right. Connor to begin with and the reports all week were that he was practicing in full and Mike Tomlin even came out and said that he could have played on Monday night Jalen Samuels that is if they decided hey we're playing the Dolphins let's keep him out here give him an extra week to get healthy <laughs> however if he is healthy even if it's a one-week plug-and-play almost sort of like the Gallman thing how that ended up turning out like he's probably a top 10 option this week I would say at least probably in the RB1 conversation, even potentially, as you mentioned, against Indianapolis isn't that's something we should be worried about. I think he's in that conversation. I will talk about your ranks, obviously. If James Conner is fine, even if he gets a limited practice on Friday, I'd put him right there. I'd put James Conner inside the top 10, even with the concern of the injury, because I don't think, you know, granted, Indianapolis is not the Dolphins, but at the same time, I don't think having Samuels back and healthy that they would push Conner if Conner wasn't okay. I think they would say, Let's give him a week to make sure he's 100%, especially with having the injury already this season. So I'm fine with Connor. I'm fine with Samuels either way. But the biggest point is the one that you kind of went past there, and I want to make sure everybody knows this. You continually preach it. I continually preach it. Is the Madisons, the Reichel Armsteads, the Tony Pollards. At this point of the season, I know we're about to hit the 16 by week next week. But if you can, like at this point of the season, stop hanging on to the guys that never enter your lineup. Go start stashing these handcuffs. And they don't even need to be your handcuffs in particular. Right. Just just having one of these high upside handcuffs because it would even work too full. I mean, get your guys just so you don't miss out if anything happens. But if, like you said, the Armsteads, the Pollards, these type of players that you know are just going to get all of the workload should anything happen to the starter. If Delvin Cook goes down and you don't own Delvin Cook, but you own Alexander Madison, all of a sudden you just have a you randomly have an RB1 on your hands while the guy that did have the RB1 has no one. So it works twofold yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, there's a few high-level ones. You throw Wayne Gallman in that mix. I think, again, I keep saying it, I would still put Deion Lewis in that mix as well because they have nobody else on that team. But all these kind of guys that are going to step into that workload go above before, like, I'm not really wasting my time stashing like a Giovanni Bernard because he'll still split with somebody. And something will be going on there, whether or not it's somebody on the roster, they bring in somebody else or promote somebody else. It's a lot of somebodies. But the point is, is there's some running backs who are in backup situations where – their split isn't going to change that dramatically, even if they get the lead role. 
So even if James Conner, maybe he ends up playing this weekend. I have him out of my rankings for right now. I think Jalen Samuels will likely be the starter this weekend against Indianapolis. And you talked about, you know, the Colts aren't the Dolphins. They're pretty close, though. In terms of run DVOA for the season, Miami is 31st. The Colts are 29th. So they're not great at stopping the run whatsoever. The biggest thing, though, I think as it pertains to the waiver wires, you can go spend your money on Jalen Samuels. I I wouldn't break the fab bank on unless we get reports before the end of Tuesday that like Connor's out for the season which we're not going to get so temper expectations with your bids on that but we just saw I had Mark Walton at number one as part of the pickups not that I think Mark Walton's great or anything like that but I think that he's like a usable flex running back in PPR leagues unless there's some sort of weird deal that goes on and the best case scenario actually happened to the waiver wire status I've bumped into number two in those rankings but after people watched him on Monday night where he was terrible against a really good seal run defense you're just getting them for a lot cheaper right now and I, I still like them yeah I still have them at the top of my waiver rankings just because mostly at this point the reason we talk about stashing a lot of those guys is because there's not a lot of options out there in general outside of a trade or injury I don't see anybody we can even look forward to week nine after the waiver wire runs for that week there shouldn't be very many running backs at all at this point that are out there to go pick up I always put a droppable area And I can't even find really running backs at this point who I should say go drop because most of the people that you would drop to make a move are backups who step into the situation we talked about. So Mark Walton is easily at the top. I'm not expecting anything better than if Kenyon Drake was in the lead option, maybe a little bit more in the passing game, just because if you look at Kalen Balazs, it's so terrible. But Kalen Balazs is still going to get those goal line looks. It looks like, although how many of those for the Dolphins are really counting on anyway. So I would say, you know, 20 to 30 range for Mark Walton for the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say, I think I, we put him at number 28 in the rest of the season rankings, and that's not actually ranking anyone's. Like, in my mind, where do I think that I would have him? Somewhere that between feels like, like a good number. <laughs> yeah, it feels like about the appropriate number. Like a, fle- a PPR flex play with low yeah. upside, but a good floor. Like someone who's better than Chris Thompson is basically yes. the area where he is. Yeah, or even Wendell Smallwood as long as Chris Thompson's out. So yeah, definitely better than those guys. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's not a great option, but if you, it's more of a deeper league ad, although he might be owned in deeper leagues already. But I'd say no in a 10-team, maybe in a 12-team, depending on your running back situation. Well, you, can never, you can never really have too much running back depth. Absolutely, and well, here's the question for you. It's kind of like the opportunity versus the performance on opportunity if it's slimmer. So you can make the case, and what I'm going to ask you is, would you rather have Walton or Miles Sanders the rest of the way? Probably have probably rather have Walton to tell you the truth. Yeah, slightly. I would say the same. Uh, it's not a huge margin, but my, that's the point is you're talking about these guys who are in that backup situation. Like uh, we just talked about the Redskins guys, but the opportunity for Walton is just, we know he's going to get the touches every single week. You know, Miles Sanders has to score a touchdown or have a big play on like eight touches. I would say that Walton's in the same camp as like Frank Gore, but he probably, catch, but he probably catches the more balls for the rest of the season. Yeah, Frank Gore is kind of taking a downturn all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I mean, when we look back at the snaps from week eight, Singletary played over 70%, but that was really the first game except for the Patriots one earlier this season where the Bills have actually been trailing. So it does seem right. that if they fall behind in games, they want Singletary on the field as a pass catcher. But if they jump up on the skins 10 nothing this week, then it's going to be all Gore all day. Which they should. And if you look at the rest of their schedule, you know, at Browns, okay, that could go either way. But Dolphins, Broncos with no Joe Flacco, and Broncos in general, they could easily be in that one. The Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots. It's not till the very end of the season where you start to worry about it and start to feel better about Singletary. Oh, uh, breaking news from the Miami Dolphins. Said Miami Dolphins, uh, Xavier Howard is, what do you think? 
traded to the Jets being <laughs> placed on injured reserve. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, they should have traded him while they had the chance. He was the last piece left over that they could have got significant value for. Well, man, they have, they have a pretty lights out shutdown corner duo on the IR. Now they have Tlaib and Howard. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. They just traded for Tlaib. Well, they, they're just going to cut him as soon as he's healthy anyway. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, you absorb some of that money and then you, know, you can get your It was the reverse for- Osweiler. They brought him in and they got the pick this time. Yeah, see, it works out really perfectly for them. It's the, it's the, well, everyone <laughs> on basically Twitter is just saying it's the money ball move of the NFL, and it kind of is. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself. In my mind, I'm just thinking like the reverse Osweiler might be like a sexual move. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know what you get up to, Jake, but uh, enjoy yourself with your. I mean, are you like <laughs> the one of these? Co- are you one of these furry people? You're going to put on your Scooby Doo head and get yourself a reverse Osweiler? <laughs> What's a furry person? Isn't that the people who like dress up in costumes and have sex? Is that a real thing? Oh, I saw like an episode of CSI on it once. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, I got I got part of the costume, old but that would involve my actually having sex. <laughs> old furry Jake looking for an old reverse Osweiler. I like it. <laughs> Must be at least six foot eight. <laughs> six eight. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, Let's get into the running so back. Good. Let's get into the running back <laughs> rankings for the week. We got uh, guys I have likely in as of right now. I have Breda, Samuels, Royce Freeman, and Miles Sanders. I'll have injuries of some sort. I have them in. I have David Johnson, Chris Thompson, Darren Sproles, Chase Edmonds, Jeff Wilson, James Kana, and Benny Snell all listed as out. So that makes number one, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, who looks like he's going to remain with the Jets for the moment. If not, this is one where you can go and check the updated rankings if he's traded. We'll see how that works out. But for the moment, he's on the Jets and he's at Miami. Fournette, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Samuels at number 10 against Indianapolis at home. If James Conner sits with the way I have it right now, into Derrick Henry, Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson, Austin, Eckler, Marlon Mack. That's where I draw the line of, yeah, you're starting all of those guys. Then you have Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay. Fantasy Pros has been kind enough to guest rank Mark Ingram at number 18 against the Patriots. <laughs> James White and Too Many Cooks, fifth anniversary narrative week. I'm big on that here. And then Carlos Hyde against Jacksonville at number 20. Is there anyone who is below them in the rankings that you think should be elevated up? Below, wait, below your cutoff point or below the 20? Well, I mean, if you got a problem, speak your mind. <laughs> it's it's only the second time I've had to do this all year, Pat. But uh, Mark Ingram is like that's the one thing you do against the Patriots. They can be run on, and if there's any team that's going to try to run on them, it is the Ravens. I I don't feel great about Mark Ingram, but if you're going to tell me ahead of the Freeman Lindsay not knowing what's going on then, let alone not knowing what's going on with Brandon Allen now running that offense, I'm going to move him ahead of both of those because even those guys, as much as I think Royce Freeman is still a good play this week because you can run against the Browns as well, that's still almost a 50-50 split. With Mark Ingram, you're getting 60-65%, so it's only two spots. But after that, I don't see where you can really move most of your guys up. I mean, maybe Sony Michelle on the flip side of that game, if you think that the Patriots can keep this game in control, but this might, again, this might be the first real threat that they've had. And if so, it just could be more James White and Rex Burkhead's now finally back. Yeah, although he didn't contribute much last week. So do you want me to move Mark Ingram up and instead of putting fantasy pros <laughs> next to it, put Jake Seeley rank? If you want, I hate to do it, but yeah, I would put him in front of both the Broncos running backs, and I think that's about where I'd stop. I wouldn't go much further than that. So you're going to move him up two spots in the rankings? All right, guest rank, Jake Seeley. There you go. (laughs) 
We'll spell your name correctly, and boom, that's in the updated rankings as we speak right now. No so Jake I, Sicily? No Jake Sicily, although that guy sounds like he could use some Parmesan. But <laughs> 21 in the rankings. I'm going to go with Jordan Howard, then Melvin Gordon, Matt Breda. Matt Breda is really interesting to me because if he doesn't play, I like Colonel Mostart a lot yes. against the Cardinals. But for the must moment, start, most start. must start. I mean, he's the Colonel. He makes it happen. <laughs> there's also someone named. There's, there's how, also how someone named. What? Go. You go. Yeah, I was gonna say how you skip past, but you go first, and then I'll go. <laughs> I, I was gonna say there was some guy who got snaps this week. I forget what team he's on, but he has the last name Scarlet. I think it's the backup oh, to the, the backup Panthers. in Carolina. Yeah, Miss Scarlet yes. and Colonel Mostert. We almost have Jordan a full. Scarlet. We almost have a full clue game going right now. <laughs> that'd be interesting to get them all on the same team uh no what i was gonna say is you skip right past the revenge narrative of jordan howard oh yes that's right it's an alshon jeffrey and jordan howard revenge week yes though the one thing that people it, nobody cares about revenge when it doesn't happen two-thirds of the time and only when it does happen it matters hmm. all right so i mean do you like jordan howard this week i don't i actually him. do because well the bears as we've seen Ever since they lost Hicks, it just you just gashed them, but you gashed them with power running. You don't do it with Miles Sanders. And, and Miles Sanders, who we talked about briefly before, this is a game that this points to use Jordan Howard, try to get him up through the middle, which essentially is the only way you get It's the straight line. Just give him those lanes and give him those cuts, which he can get against the Bears. And I think that Jordan Howard's – I'm not pushing him really much higher than where you have him. I just think for everybody out there that – forget the revenge narrative. Like the people that are concerned still see the Bears' defense and haven't been maybe paying that close attention. Jordan Howard is firmly a solid RB2 in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, I have him at number 21. I'm good with starting him this week. Uh, so Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, Matt Brady, David Montgomery. I'm not completely buying all of this, especially against a very <laughs> tough run defense like the Philadelphia Eagles. But after that, it's like Jamal Williams, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Sony Michelle, Mark Walton, Kenyon Drake, who I'm guessing is starting for the Cardinals instead of Zach Center. And, and but do you know he's facing so like who cares he's facing the 49ers christian mccaffrey's the only person that's been able to do anything really against them this entire season no i i know that but like he's no i wasn't saying it to you yeah <laughs> I, mean, it, that, like, I, it, I i found it really strange when people were like oh my god he's gonna be the starter in arizona it's like well he'll start this week then they have like the mini by david johnson might i mean david johnson hasn't even been ruled out for thursday yet has he right no, they haven't. They haven't. And I think the initial practice report was the Monday one, which again, the reports are always teams don't have to practice on Monday, but if they did, well, what, what are we supposed to take from that? But if they did, they're like, who cares? And David Johnson is similar to go back to the Connor situation. David Johnson is one of those running backs where he could not practice the entire week. If they want to roll him out there on Thursday night football, they can. I'd avoid the situation as much as possible, including Drake, if David Johnson's active. Like, I don't want to start either one of them because David Johnson could be the decoy that we saw two weeks ago where it's, oh, look, he got one carry, and now he's disappeared for the rest of the game. Or he could just be out there for a few, re-injure himself. Like, you could go down so many paths where it's the 49ers. The best-case scenario is that he's out, and then Drake still is no nothing more than an RB3. But at least in that case, you know he's a flex RB3. If you had to play a Detroit running back, and I know you don't want to because who wants to at this point, but is Ty Johnson <laughs> the guy? I don't know that he is. Like this, like the snap counts weren't there. The the performance wasn't there. It is all like it's Trey Carson that's the lead now. And well, I mean, Trey, I mean, Ty Johnson ended up playing more snaps than Carson did. No, I know, but he didn't have more touches than he did. Trey Carson still had more touches. 
Yeah, I I think I'd still, that's I, I think I'd still play. I mean, Johnson dropped a wheel route touchdown, so he did. That's what got he, he did. To but, the bench. but here's what I was gonna say. And when I said the snap count, obviously, yes, the snaps were more, but it was snap count wasn't there for what we need to no. trust him. I guess. And this here's the issue: is like if you watch the game, anybody who saw it is he wasn't even into like the third series, and then that very first play he was in. It was a play action fake that turned into an interception, which is the frustrating part of it. But a few series, I think it was either the next series or in the middle of the next series is that's when they started using everybody. That's where forget McKissick, forget Trey Carson, forget Ty Johnson. That's where they roll out. Oh, I was just about to say his name. I, I listed too many names. Now his name went out of my head. The, Paul, no, Perkins. Paul Perkins. Yeah. Paul Perkins got out there. So no, I, I guess if you're forced it's car. I, I think it's Carson. I think Carson has a good chance for a rushing touchdown. If I'm chasing anybody, I'm chasing the rushing touchdown. And I think he's the only one that really has a chance. Cause he's going to be the goal line. All right. So would you play Trey Carson or LaShawn McCoy? Uh, if LaShawn McCoy is okay, I'm paying LaShawn McCoy. I, mean, I don't it's think they're going to complete. It's, it's not like LaShawn McCoy was hurt. He just fumbled. They benched him. Yeah. And that's not like how many times have teams gone right back to it? He's not playing for Bilicek. And even Bilicek's gone back to running. Sonny Michelle's had fumbling problems in the past, too. LaShawn McCoy carrying the ball like that is nothing new. He's done that from day one of his career. That's been one of the weird things about LaShawn McCoy, how he doesn't have more fumbles to this point, how he didn't turn into Tiki Barber at the beginning of Tiki Barber's career. But anyway, the point being is that if LaShawn McCoy is active and starting, I, I can't see starting anybody on the Lions over that. All right, would you go Trey Carson or Duke Johnson? I'd probably go Duke Johnson. All right, would you go Cohen? Ice cream Cohen or Trey Carson? I guess the, the old Cohen against the Eagles because you do, at least if you're going to use a running back, you want to get in space. All right, Bellage. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> no. I, I do have Dare as the highest-ranked Tampa running back this week. Dare? Yeah, D- D- Dare. I just like Dare. Dare Stifler is what we've wait, been calling him. Dare Stifler, I was going to say, what happened to his nickname? Uh, look, here's the thing with Bellage is he's going to still be the goal line option. At least Walton's got less, opportun- like, less opportunities to share because Drake is completely gone, but he's not going to have more opportunities in the goal line. All that being said is how many times are the Dolphins going to be in scoring opportunities anyway to rush one in? So Yeah, and even if he does score a touchdown, you're still looking at like eight fantasy points. Yeah, exactly. That might even be a little bit aggressive. Yeah, that could be true. So I'll put Trey Carson in between Cohen and Kalen Blage. I still I don't even like it. For him, <laughs> what, 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 like it's for you have running back injuries. You have four teams on by. It gets dire down here if you have to go pick someone up. Uh, I was gonna move up Rashad Penny, but like I I don't even feel good about the Chris Carson rank. I'm obviously playing Chris Carson, but. I just don't want to start any running backs against Tampa. It hasn't really worked out well unless you're Christian McCaffrey the second time around. Yeah, it's really been ugly so far. And here's go back to Rashad Penny just in general. Even if he was facing the Dolphins or the Bengals at this point, Rashad Penny's just like, we can make excuses all we want. But he can't out snap CJ Procise without like an injury happening to Procise. So, like, this, whatever's going on there, he can't stay on the field. He can't perform when he's out there. He has all the talent in the world. But at some point, it's kind of the, it's, you know what? It's the Kevin White of running backs. At some point, we got to cut our losses and realize, you know what? Between injuries and everything else, it's just not going to happen. So back to Dare for a second. I actually do think that he might have value in this game. If you're desperately in a pinch, I think he is the best of the Tampa 
running backs this week. He had three red zone targets last week. And if they get into a game flow a lot like they did against Tennessee, although they were able to make up the deficit early, which then they turned back to Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones for absolutely no success because (laughs) shocking. But against Seattle, like Seattle's going to put up points through the air on Tampa because everyone does. And I think that they're sensible enough to not just run it into the line for one yard every single time. You do have Russell Wilson. You can figure this out. So if Tampa's playing catch up the entire time, Dare's going to be on the field the most of all those running backs. He will be, but uh, what does that also mean at the same time? How far are we going? I I have him like at 40-something. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like maybe five catches for 45 yards. Get get yourself a quick nine and a half points. Maybe you sneak a touchdown. Yeah, I was going to say a cheap James White. I could see that. Yeah, he's like the homeless man's James White. The homeless man. So not even the poor man, just the homeless man on the sidewalk. I mean, poor poor man's James White's like Chris Thompson. (laughs) Sorry, I got. I keep going. I got. I got to move Barkley over. I'm trying to get Barkley here. Do you want to do a guest appearance? Yeah, He's right here. Make a cameo. Make a cameo. <laughs> here we go, Barkley. Say hi. Let's see what look, Barkley. Oh, look, go. there's Barkley. Here's I bet 25, you. 25 pound Barkley. Twenty, really? Twenty five pounds? Same size as yes. my fucking kid. Oh, he just head punched me. She yeah. doesn't like to be held that much. I look at the s- camera. There we go. Hot picks from Barkley. Taking Saquon this week? Hot picks from Barkley. <laughs> She's eating a chip. I have to move her back on the pad because she was just eating it on the floor. Okay. You can do what you got to do, and I'm going to get into the wide receiver rankings for week nine. I will spell it out for people. The guys I have likely in right now, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown. That is Hollywood Brown. Looks like he's going to play against the Pats, and Adam Thielen Finally. likely out. I have D.D. Westbrook, Nikhil Harry. Harry! Marquise Goodwin, Deshaun Jackson, who is practicing on a limited basis. So right now I have him as likely out, but he could sneak his way in. Will Fuller and Sterling Shepard, who's dealing with a massive case of the dizzies right now. So number one in the rankings, I have DeAndre Hopkins, followed by Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, DJ Chark, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson against Philly. Full stop. Number 11, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Devontae Adams, who I have in as of this moment. He still could be banged up. We'll see with him. Tyrell Williams, T.Y. Hilton uh, in a not great matchup. John Brown, Odell Beckham in a not great matchup. Juju Smith-Schuster, not great matchup. Golden Tate and (laughs) Michael Gallup in a great matchup. (laughs) not great not great i guess the biggest question you're going to get is why you have adams where you do i'm just not the fact that he has been out for so many weeks i'm going to give him a little bit of leeway i think to maybe he's not 100 percent, completely 100 percent at the moment that even if he is active maybe he's running at like 80 percent, 85 percent. that it might take him some time to churn up to it i go the opposite way i go the packers keep holding him out this long that if he's back out there, um, I'm firing up, especially because the Chargers, that secondary hasn't been anything that it was like last year. I mean, Casey Hayward isn't even in the shutdown corner concern that we used to have last year. Just that's as quick as it can be. So if Devontae Adams is finally out there, I feel like with how supposedly, oh, he's close last week, for the fact that the rumors are that it might be close, might be close, might be close, it just feels like they're waiting to make sure he's 100% because they really don't need him. They've been fine without him. They're with 7-1, so... If he's out there, I'm putting him inside probably my top seven or eight. Like, would you play Allen Robinson this week against Philly, or would you play Devontae Adams? I would still play Devontae Adams. I love Allen Robinson this week, but I'm still – I'm just not – I'm not going far on Devontae Adams if he's out there. All right, I'll move him up. I'll put him in between Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. How about that? I actually think Keenan – I would play Allen Robinson before I could play Keenan Allen at this oh, point. No. You wait for Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's going crazy this week. <laughs> 
Why? Tell me why. It's against the Packers. They're going to be behind. They're going to be throwing. He's like the one healthy guy that's left in that offense. And the guy could barely walk last week and ended up with like 12 targets. He did. But, I mean, this is still something where any given week, I mean, you have Henry, you have Eckler in the backfield, you have Mike Williams, and he's playing banged up and just plays through everything at this point. I just like Keenan Allen in the spot against Green Bay. I, it's not going to be like Jair Alexander is going to be locking him down the entire game. In fact, Alexander is probably going to be on Mike Williams. It's just the shiftier Allen I like against the Packers defense. No, that's certainly uh, the fact that, well, if you go to that, yeah, because Keenan Allen is basically the big slot. So he gets Tremont Williams, which might actually be a worse matchup than Alexander. So look, I'm not saying Keenan Allen is not going to get double digit targets. I just Keenan Allen hasn't since everybody's been healthy for the chargers on offense. He really just hasn't been the same Keenan Allen, just efficiency wise. Even, I mean, he's one drop touchdown away last week from everyone being like, Oh, Keenan Allen's back. Yeah. It's one drop touchdown, but it's also, I mean, we can say that about a lot of situations with a lot of players. Everybody, I mean, two weeks ago was TJ Hawkinson, one drop touchdown. Everybody'd be like, Oh, Hawkinson's back. Hawkinson has like five drop touchdowns this year. I know. I was talking to my buddy who's a Lions fan over the weekend, and I was like, he must have Ebron's hand. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, have you not been watching your games? He's been dropping plenty of passes. Yeah, it's kind of egregious at this point because he would be like a top 10 fantasy tight end right now and instead of being unplayable. Yeah, it's unplayable. By the way, for your Harry situation, they said he's making progress, so that doesn't sound good. And Marquise Lee got slapped on the injured reserve. Oh, Marquise Lee got put on the injured reserve? Wow. Yeah, he's right, done. So- so Marquise Lee out. I'll make a note of that and take him out of the rankings. 21 in the rankings. Where am I at here? Julian Edelman at number 21 against the Ravens. DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Hollywood Brown, Terry McLaurin, scoring McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Robbie Anderson. Looks like he's going to stay on the jet, so he's right there in a good matchup against the Dolphins. Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey in a revenge situation. <laughs> and Devontae Parker against the Jets. Parker's the guy. It's Parker and Williams, and that's really it. And you hope that Hearns and Wilson don't steal their two touchdowns every week. Yeah, I actually still like Williams slightly more. The thing is, if Williams has been getting the better efficiency per target, but Parker's been getting the touchdowns, and that's really what it comes down to. So I'm not going to nitpick between the two that much because I don't ever want to spend that much time or get that excited over anybody at the Dolphins. But I think Preston Williams, put it this way, I think Preston Williams has the slightly higher floor. Parker has the higher ceiling. Yeah, and I just look at sort of the, since Brian Fitzpatrick has assumed play calling duties and been under center for the Dolphins. It does seem like the better fantasy player. I mean, it doesn't seem Devontae Parker has been the better fantasy player. Yeah. Also, I think you got Julian Edelman too low. Do I? How, how high up would you move him? Uh, go back. Let me, let me look at your rankings right now. Julian Edelman, I would play. I love Gallup against the Giants, but I'd still play him. I'd play him over Golden Tate on the Giants. I play him over Juju Smith-Schuster even after one game of Mason Rudolph. And uh, Odell Beckham against Denver, I think I'd play him over him as well. Would you play him over John Brown? I think it's a good cutoff. But you're full point PPR, so I still would because your whole argument about Keenan Allen is I don't see any reason that Julian Edelman doesn't get the same treatment, especially when the best two corners are on the outside and not in the slot for this matchup. All right, would you go Julian Edelman or Tyrell Williams then? Oh, I, I, I love Tyrell Williams, but... If Darius Slay is back, I would definitely play Julian Edmund. All right, I'll put him behind Adam Thielen then. That is the spot for him. Maybe, maybe listen, Adam Thielen may or may not even play this week, so that would be a no, good boost true. for Diggs. A uh, little bit of breaking news right now. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan says that Raheem Mostart and Matt Breda are not practicing today. 
And if we had to, and if we had to play tonight uh, about Breda, he wouldn't be good to go. Let's fire up Jeff Wilson and score seven touchdowns. Yeah. So showdown lineups, watch out. So of the other guys here, like going down the list, like D.D. Westbrook probably isn't going to play. Now there's no Mark Easley. I have Chris Conley one spot behind Darius Slayton, one spot ahead of Emmanuel Sanders, just outside the top 30. I think he's an interesting pickup and play this week. I think he is as well. If the problem there is it's Chark, and then is it going to be Conley or, I mean, is it going to be Keelan Cole who got back into the mix? Although, obviously, he was the, I think, what was he, fourth or fifth in snaps last week? Yeah, he just, it's been two touchdowns for him inside of the red zone because they have no tight end. So he's actually one of their guys with size. I, I like Conley <laughs> here just for, you know, you always have the upside. He did score the touchdown last week, but take the touchdown out of it. Like you can see like a six for 75 type game from him. And then hopefully you get lucky on the upside of it. You would, but I would also right behind him. I would play Emmanuel Sanders over. I go as far as I'd play him over Devontae Parker at this point. Uh, I wouldn't to tell you. The I truth. guess Arizona after one quick game, like if Samuel Sanders is going to get Patrick Peterson from the game. I, it's not really that I'm concerned about him getting Patrick Peterson. It's the game flow here. Like they're nine and a half point favorites. He, like if he doesn't score a touchdown last week, he is absolutely useless. He was barely useful with a touchdown that they're just not going to have his to first throw. game. Yeah, but they're just not going to have to throw. They don't throw and they won't have to in this game. So, but here's the thing is if they do, do you think Jeremy Garoppolo is going to have over 20 attempts? I think he'll have over 20 attempts. I think Emmanuel Sanders is still looking at eight or nine targets because it's Debo Samuel. I, and then I, oh, I would take the under on eight, on targets. eight, seven and a half. Yeah, so if we, if we set it at seven and a half, I will go. Under I'd take the over. You know, whatever happened with our bets from last week. I don't I even for, know. I, one of them involved Robbie Anderson. So I assume I lost that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. I'll, I'll get. To, I'll, I'm with you for Robbie Anderson this week. He's facing the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, he should have had a huge game. He had 33 yards on the first drive last week, and then made a huge like 30 yard catch downfield. Got called for offensive pass interference, and then didn't have another catch until the final drive of the game. Well, I mean, that's really what happens with Robbie Anderson. That's the risk you run. But at least just, this was, week, you don't have so that matchup. Horrible. It was so horrible. Yeah. yeah, I'd take the under on Sanders seven and a half targets. So hopefully he can end up finding the end zone. If not, I think, like I said, he's going to be pretty useless in this matchup. And then other than that, like, who is the uh, Packers receiver that you would go to here uh, after Devontae Adams? It is like, that's who I have. It's you can just look at last game. I think Aaron Rodgers is completely. I joked about. It, I think he's completely fed up with Valdez Scantling and Allison at this point. Like he's done with these. He's talked them up. He's tried to use them. He's tried to throw their away. They can't catch anything with no consistency. Valdez Scantling, unless he has a big play, he's even worse than Robbie Anderson when it comes to that. They've had their opportunities. They've given him every single chance. Not just Rodgers. I think he's done. I think and Lazard, honestly, still he should have had a touchdown. He should have had a better game than he did. Between Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel against this Civ Eagles unit, which one would you prefer? Is it the big play of Taylor Gabriel, or is it the relatively high A dot and touchdown ability of Anthony Miller? I like Anthony Miller by one spot. I actually like Anthony Miller by a little bit more than that, and especially over the last three games, he's starting to get back into the mix. This is the Anthony Miller we, everybody was excited for before the season started, and it's three straight games of decent yardage, decent opportunities, decent targets. You talk about the A dot and everything like that, so... I think Anthony Miller is back to being relevant. And Taylor Gabriel, look, the, the fact is those three touchdowns were the same that he had the two previous seasons combined. It was two touchdown game and a one touchdown game. So I, I'm going with Anthony Miller. Uh, I, I like Anthony Miller as well. The one thing in watching that Chargers-Bears game is they were looking for Gabriel downfield. And he was open the entire time. It's just they have a guy who can't throw him the wall. So maybe he connects oh, this week. 
Yeah, but that's just really what it comes down to is the play of Mitch Trubisky, who is taught. And now there's rumors that he might be benched. Well, I mean, Andy Dalton's already benched. Might as well bench Mitch Trubisky while you're at it. (laughs) Well, do what they, but they at least are going to Ryan Finley, who they drafted, and Andy Dalton's career is about over. He's still, I think we're a a little early to be calling Trubisky's Trubisky's career over. I'd rather have Andy Dalton for the rest of the year. I'm not going to lie to you in real life. Um, I don't know how much I can argue that. <laughs> Guys, you know what the best part of fall is, right? I don't even need to say it. Football is back. And I know I'm personally going to be glued to my couch all season. If you are too, you've got to glue yourself to the best couch out there. Burrow. I thoroughly enjoy my burrow in my, well, I guess, renovated man cave at this point. It's not completely done, but the one thing that I know that is definitely going to stay after I get all my TVs and get my bar all set up is my burrow couch. With hours of couch time on your schedule, now is the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your burrow sofa can handle even the rowdiest game day hang. With a Klein-dried Baltic birch frame and durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant, that's an absolute must, by the way, especially when you have the goons that I have over. They spill everything. Burrow is totally customizable as well. Pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and length. You can have a chaise lounge or an ottoman to both as well. With built-in USB chargers, a must, by the way, you can look up game highlights for hours without ever having to worry about your phone dying. Burrow sofas are easy to set up and easy to move, and you can always add or remove seats as needed. And Burrow offers free one-week shipping, so you can have your new sofa all set up by next week's game. This football season, don't settle for your same old couch. Settle into a comfy new Burrow sofa. Get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping at burrow.com slash PME. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash PME for $75 off a new sofa. Quarterback rankings for week nine. I have Darnold and Deshaun as both in. Mahomes, Keenum, and Newton as likely out. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that game's still off the board betting-wise, and no decision has been made on him as of right now. And Joe Flacco is out with a neck injury. So Russell Wilson, number one. Deshaun Watson, number two. Aaron Rodgers, number three. Then I'm going Jameis. Jameis scored like another 25 points last week with four turnovers. He's so good at fantasy. He is Blake Bortles. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes except for the, unlike Blake Bortles, he doesn't really pro, like provide none of his opportunities until garbage time. He's doing it throughout the entire game. He just also has the garbage time on top of it. Yeah. I mean, he created garbage time in the first quarter last week. Right. So, that's, what that's what I'm saying. You don't always have to wait till the end of the game. Or when you get to, since you're on it right now, but you're number six quarterback because we were done with wide receivers. But I do think Marvin Jones is in for a bounce. But I say bounce back, but he hasn't really had that many great weeks before week seven. But I think Marvin Jones is in a nice spot for with Matthew Stafford. I like Matthew Stafford, Galladay, Marvin Jones. It, you even if you're desperate at tight end, which we'll get to with Hawkins. And I think they're all set up nice this week. Yeah, so I have Dak at number five, Matt Stafford at number six against Oakland, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, Philip Rivers, Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, Gardner Minshew, Kyle Allen, Matt Moore, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz. 
And then Derek Carr. I mean, you can find a streamer this week if you really want to. Oh, you're seeing the picture. Yeah, I'm seeing the picture. He's, he is haunted. It's not great. Uh, still, the best was I actually I, I never told you this last week. During the waiver, it was either the waiver or the rankings column. I used I embedded your tweet with the out indefinitely seeing ghosts. I oh. put that in there for you. Well, I, I thank you very much. I can always use the extra exposure. It was it was great. It was a really good one for the second week. I'm actually surprised. Look. I know it's the matchup, but are we? This is the argument I had earlier this year when Andy Dalton let everybody down. Are we overrating the matchup just because of the matchup for Sam Darnold? Yeah, it feels like a get-right week for them. So much has just been going wrong. It seems like they've actually traded nobody uh, now that the trade deadline is coming to its conclusion. But I, I would take the shot against Miami. Like, why not? I will because I would definitely play Minshew over him. No question about it. I'm not like super in on Minshew here. Like, let's not forget Minshew was kind of. I know JJ Watt is out, but it's it not was like he one was, game. It's one game, and the guy fumbled three times. The guy has real happy feet in the pocket. He's taken advantage of some weaker defenses the past two weeks. Houston's past defense is not good, but the even without JJ Watt, they should still be able to get to the passer. I can just see them trying to run a lot here. I think he's gotten right. I think he got the experience and learned. Well, he's still a rookie quarterback. Hey, look, Beowulf right there. You can see it in the shot. Uh, Beowulf all, t- all day long. That's what I should go as for Halloween. Screw that. I'll wear that, wear that jersey and grow out my mustache. Yeah, you can go as Minchu Walk. You can have some sweet and sour chicken balls along with you. <laughs> just walk around and mix him. <laughs> like, nobody's going to get it except for, like, the one person who might have seen the show. <laughs> yeah, that's actually nobody. So, the biggest question of the week, I think, is Lamar Jackson. What do you do with Lamar Jackson against the Patriots? Start him. I have him at number 10. There are guys I would start over them, though, and probably guys that you could potentially even pick up. Like, in shallower leagues, like Stafford, Cousins, and Allen are still, like, kind of out there. I, I think that Stafford's out. Winston's probably still even out there, too. So. Well, I mean, I, I would pick up Jameis and play him over Lamar this week. Well, obviously, you have him at number four, so that's yeah. really the truth there. I, you know what? The, the conversation between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson becomes an interesting one. And Lamar Jackson is somewhat a little bit game script wise, like not even game script wise, but I just guess like I would say the performance, if you look at his season so far on a week to week basis, it fluctuates kind of like a Deshaun Jackson at quarterbacks. So I don't have a problem with you putting him that low. I think it's hard to bench him, but unless there are Matthew Stafford or Jameis Winston, I got to tell you the Jameis Winston one, I get exactly what you're saying. And I, I wrote up the same thing you did last week. I said, the guy still scored double digit points with five turnovers before the buy. So I think that it's an interesting situation. I just, the Lamar Jackson's rushing upside is just so high. Uh, and again, that's how you beat the Patriots. Listen, we know that Belichick does one thing mainly every week. He takes away the one thing that you do well. The only thing the Ravens really do well is Lamar Jackson. No, that's very true. That is 100% true. Sorry, I got a text about the fixing something on the condo. Sorry. Oh, fun. So, this, this is what just... happens when the power goes out and we start running to the 3 well, o'clock pe- hour. Pe- people didn't know <laughs> that the power went out. <laughs> no, obviously not. I was right. kind of letting everybody know. That's okay. why. I don't want people to think like I'm just like, oh, like, screw you. Like, I take your show very seriously. I don't want to be like, oh, I got you know barkley over here to the side people texting me like i'm got better things to do i don't yeah we are uh we're actually running like an hour behind so i appreciate you sticking around we've lost power twice now i think we have that problem resolved um i think that's it for quarterbacks i mean you can go check out the streamers you can check out the rankings but generally like you probably didn't have matt ryan anyway after last week you found an option drew Brees just came back you probably have an option you maybe were starting off and you definitely weren't starting dalton so start who you got and if Mahomes plays you're playing him right 
Oh, 100%. Sorry. <laughs> it disappeared again. For... <laughs> I heard the question because I have the earbud in. Yeah, Mahomes, forget about it. Mahomes, if he's starting, I don't even care coming off that angle. I would play Mahomes over Winston. Yeah, I would too. I'd probably have him one spot. I'd probably put him at number four. I think it's a good spot to have him with the way that Rodgers is playing, even with no, especially if Devontae Adams is back. I think you got to feel good about Rodgers at this point, the way he's been playing. Uh, tight ends, Chris Herndon, I tentatively have his in. Now watch him end up being doubtful again for like the 80th <laughs> consecutive week. But right now I have him in as out. I have Vernon Davis. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. Let me ask you a question about that because the report, there was, it's not official, it's a rumor, but the report was that he got hurt because he was out of shape when he came back, that he wasn't like the Le'Veon Bell still practice. Does that concern you at all for a first game back? I mean, he's now had like three weeks to get back into shape. But maybe, maybe he's just been getting healthy and sitting around again. I mean, if Ryan Griffin can score two touchdowns, like an <laughs> obese Chris Herndon can score two touchdowns. That's certainly fair. I was just bringing it up as a counterpoint. Uh, Vernon Davis, Jeff Swaim, OJ Howard, Matt Lacoste, Jeff Hearman, and Delaney Walker I currently have is out. So that reflects the rankings. Number one, George Kittle on Thursday night against the flow chart team of the century, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Waller, Kelsey, Ingram, Henry, Mark Andrews. I moved up John U. Smith to number seven. I took a big swing and a miss at him last week. I decided to go with Josh Hill instead. That was a bad choice. Chris Herndon, Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz. Let's do this. TJ. TJ Hawkinson at number 10, Zacherts at number 11, Wittenfels, Olsen, Brait, Ebron, Fant, Ben Watson, Trey Burton. Bad week for tight ends, man. Oh, it's most weeks. That's really most Th- weeks. This week honestly. is particularly bad. It is. I just, I wish I had, like, you know, those, uh, like, stress relieving, like, balls, the, the, like, the metal balls where they, they make the noise as you move them around in your hands. I wish I had some of those so I could hold them up because those are some cojones you got there. The Goddard over Ertz, you, you're going to get so much pushback on that. Am I? Like, anyone who has Zach Ertz isn't going to be pushing back. No, Zach Ertz. I actually think Zach Ertz is a decent buy low if you look at the last couple of weeks of the season. He he very well could be, but it's very clear that without Deshaun Jackson, maybe if Deshaun Jackson comes back, it's like they know what the Eagles want to do in the passing game. They want to try to force it to Elshon down the sidelines and they're just actively looking for Zach Ertz, so they like double cover him. And no one bothers to cover Dallas Goddard. No, you're 100% right, but it sounds like Deshaun Jackson's finally getting close, and I do think, yes, if Deshaun Jackson... I think Carson Wentz is a thumbs-up. I think this entire offense is a thumbs-up. Zach Ertz included it. Deshaun Jackson... It's crazy that Deshaun Jackson... This is why the, the, look, the, the Eagles have been looking for a deep play threat for a while now. It just brings a whole other dimension to this offense. Needs similar to... If I don't understand it. They actually found somebody to play his role. I was going to say Kiki QT, who wasn't even on the field. Do we ever get a reason for that? But whatever the point being is, they still did the same effect as you needed somebody to take away some of the deep attention, bring the defense down a little bit to open things up. Well, it's the reverse for the Eagles. You kind of need somebody to open things up downfield so these guys can get more, you know, less attention underneath. I was just, I thought for a second that Melvin Gordon may have gotten traded, but he did not. He did not. Poor so, but to ask you that question, did we ever get a, a reason why QT didn't get anything last week? Yeah, they did bad reports during practice. Like they didn't like how he was looking. And they were like, you're on the bench, pal. Really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting it's not like they're flush with wide receivers but hey, whatever uh, I, I think i think ebron's a decent gamble this week for touchdown upside yeah i think so too but that's the same as every week though like it's going to be nothing <laughs> or it's going to be like two touchdowns no that's certainly fair i no, i'm just saying even like one uh if oj howard's out there i i'd go ebron over Braid. i go ebron over greg olson yeah i listen this is without oj howard in that's where i have Braid. 
I know. That's why I brought him up. That's why I said if he's yeah, out there. I, I, yeah, it would, it would adjust. Cameron Brake clearly. Where's OJ Howard in your rankings, Pat? <laughs> well, I mean, that sounds like the question you were trying to ask. Of course, Cameron Brake <laughs> wouldn't be this high if OJ Howard was active. I mean, I don't know how high <laughs> OJ Howard would be, but I'd not necessarily. Have Wouldn't you play Brake over Howard at this point? Probably not. No. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd, I would. I would play Eric Ebron over both of them if they were both active. Yeah, that that's certainly fair. no. But I'm saying if like I was forced, if I'm down by Bray, OJ Howard, Jack Doyle, Irv Smith, like if I'm on that range, I just play Bray because at least he's getting some opportunities in the red zone. Despite what was the snap count like twenty percent when OJ Howard is out there, but they have OJ out. OJ Howard is like routes run is like twenty percent. I know it's not that low, but it's ridiculous. So between Johnu Smith, Goddard, Hawkinson. Fells and Brait. If you had to pick up one of those guys to play, who would it be? Jonu. After Jonu, who would it be? Chris Herndon. Yeah, that makes sense. And Jonu's, if Delaney Walker gets it, if we get reports Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that Delaney Walker is practicing and getting close, and now Delaney Walker, if not back this week, should be back next week. It's Herndon. It's not like I'm chasing the upside at tight end. I want Herndon for the long haul, but specifically just for this week, I would go Jonu defenses before we get out of here i got new england at number one because obviously I, I don't think this pace will continue but hey it happens every week so i'm just gonna keep rolling with it san fran at number two on thursday night buffalo at home against washington at number three i have the browns at number four tell me about this uh starting quarterback for the broncos brandon allen tell me all about him uh all you really need to know is that he was never anything more than a backup, and he's been in the league since 2016. So there you need to know. That's all you need to know. So a team with the, both their corners back and a great pass rush might be a problem? Uh, could very conceivably be a problem, is and be concerned about Sutton, be concerned about Deshaun Hamilton, who didn't even get that much. I mean, he was out there for almost the same amount. It was one less snap, one fewer snap than Fred Davis, but we get nothing from Joe Flacco. And people ask me that. And the only reason I bring that up is like, all oh, your love for Deshaun Hamilton could it potentially be better now that no Joe Flacco and it's Brandon Allen? I was like, it's Brandon Allen. Like, it, let, for, let's be realistic about the difference between this. Maybe, maybe there's some secret connection they had in practice that we don't know about, but it's still Brandon Allen. I mean, he wouldn't even have been working with the second team during the preseason. Drew Locke would have been. Yeah, well, Drew Locke is also, but he might have got some work the past couple of weeks because Drew Locke's been out for yeah. since what, what week one, two. When, when's he eligible? Is he eligible to come back like week 10? I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah. It's the same as most people. So Cleveland, I have as the now the top streamer of the week. I've adjusted my pickups column for that. They're number four. Jacksonville, Indy, Philly, Seattle, Carolina, Chicago. Dallas, Green Bay, Houston, the Jets, Denver, Tennessee, and Minnesota. There's enough streaming defenses this week that you can... It def- is a good week for them. Yeah, like the Browns are like my priority target right now, but I do like like the Jags are still widely available. You know what's interesting? So I want to bring up that point is as much as I do like Cleveland, I still think I would lean the Seahawks despite giving up easily giving up points potentially against Jameis Winston. I think it's just offset by the turnovers. If you're going to get four or five turnovers in one game, you have to, the odds of scoring a defensive touchdown have to go from what is conceivably usually like 2% to at least 15. I would think so. Yes. The issue is like when you look at uh, adjusted sack rate for the season, Seattle falls inside the bottom six. They just don't generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Okay. That's fair. Maybe I need to tweak my ranking a little bit. I had Seattle just ahead of Cleveland right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, where's Cleveland at? Cleveland is just outside the top 10. So uh, they've generated 22 sacks. Seattle's down around 12 sacks. Is the dog back on you? 
No, can you not hear her smacking her lips in the background? That's no, why I'm laughing. I, I, I could not. So anyway, th- those are you can check out the defensive streams and everything up there right now. Is there any defense outside of the? I guess Indy would be the other one for me that I kind of like against Pittsburgh. I have I have them right behind the Packers. Where do you have the Packers? I forget. I have the I Packers way up. down. I just I don't know. I, I just don't like the Packers defense from fantasy perspective. They haven't been all that good. It's it's not even so much that it, but they have been playing like solid past. Look, they started off great against the past. Then they really fell off, and now they've been kind of in between. But I just go to the fact that the Chargers are like looking for people to play the offensive line. They're losing people by the week on the offensive line. And Philip Rivers, I don't even care if you generated a pass rush or not. He doesn't even have time to think back there. So. I get it. I just this is another one where maybe I'm being a little too aggressive, thinking that Philip Rivers is going to throw at least one, if not two picks, or maybe even lose one to a fumble as it gets slapped out of his hands. So again, like I, this is why my initial rankings come out at midnight because I'm going to go chew through all this, and I, I've been too busy with waivers and obviously Barkley. Yeah, <laughs> Barkley keeps you up at night. Rivers only sacked once last week against the Bears, shockingly. The Bears defense, well, I don't know why I'm going to squeak there, but the Bears defense hasn't been the Bears defense this year. I know. It's it's kind of crazy. Well, we talked about how they lost no players to man games last year. Within, I mean, they lost a few, but generally their entire defensive unit was intact all season long. And once you start taking away a key piece here, or a key piece there, it kind of has a ripple down effect that just, it's fine. Like, it's still a good defense. It's just not great. So it's funny you say that because I brought it up earlier, the Hicks. It's crazy to see one piece make that big of a difference. And when we were recording the Angela Williams podcast today, we did superlatives for Halloween and it was like the scariest player right now. And I told him, you know, like my first thought, of course, is perfect because he literally tries to kill people on the field. But my next was like, let's put Khalil Mack in the conversation. And he pushed back and immediately said, what has Khalil Mack done since Aaron Hicks has left the field? Like not a whole lot. Yeah, it's true. He he had that revenge fumble recovery against the Raiders, and that was kind of it. And they even lost that game. Yeah, he did. So he went with Joey Bosa, yeah. mostly just because of last week. All right, Jake Seeley, I know you got to get out of here. Thanks for sticking <laughs> around throughout the power outages. And I'm sorry we had to cut the show. It's you. The power hour. The power hour. It's not even the power hour. This is the first time we've done a show less than running time of an hour in like five years. But, you know, sometimes uh, this is the way that it breaks out. Tell everyone what you got going on this week. Yeah, the Angela Williams podcast, to be honest, it'll have a fun Halloween edition. The rankings out at midnight. Just at Olin Kid, I tweet everything out with the throwback podcast, Olin Sports Podcast. Have Chris Harris on this week and all that type of stuff. And Barkley and food reviews and all that kind of nonsense. Food reviews. You're stepping on like Cuss Corner here of like. It started on accident. It's So I said, you know what? I'm going to try that stupid KFC donut sandwich thing or whatever people are like oh tell us what you think show a little video or whatever and i did it in the car of the parking lot when i was trying it people are like oh we need more of these and i'm like i didn't think it was anything great but so now i did one for that i did one for the kfc wings that they came out with for the burger king something or other so i've been doing one a week now when i go to do my wavy tv spot on wednesday night yeah, so I, I think I'm going to have to reappropriate what you're doing um, for your food reviews. Give, give it to Cuss, but he can only review, like, the shittiest food possible. Not, like, fast <laughs> food, but, like, stuff he buys from the frozen section at a gas station. <laughs> oh, you should do some, like, sushi from a gas station. Oh, he hates sushi, so we wouldn't do that. Oh, you can't, you can't force him to just for your show? 
No, I mean he would have to willingly do it. And although then oh, he would okay. have to know then he would have to know how to take a video on his phone and I'm not sure he knows how to do that. No, uh, probably not. Yeah, see that's I ref- I will refuse some things. Like somebody said do peanuts and or peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Like no, I'm not no, stop. I'm stupid stuff. Yeah, that that doesn't sound fun at all. Anyway, Jake Sealy, theathletic.com, at Allen Kid, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me same places, not at the Athletic, but on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the PME. Talked about EstablishTheRun.com. Use promo code Mayo20. Get yourself 20% off. A lot of great stuff in there. Frankly, the single best piece of information that's on there. I mean, the buy low air yards model from Josh is fantastic, but Pat Thorman's pace model and just showing you w- uh, during which game scenarios teams run the most plays. A very valuable tool to win playing on DraftKings and even in the betting market trying to find some overs and some unders going through again promo code 20 establish the run.com subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast getting the draws for 20 dk bucks and hey playing the pat mayo experience DraftKings open 15 bucks to play three max entry no rake forty five thousand dollars of guaranteed money plus i played it and i suck so you'll take my money all right i'll see you there i'm pat mayo good luck good luck good luck in week nine i'll see you next time pat mayo experience experience